Okay, hello and welcome to a very special Nobody Puts podcast in a corner. First of all, very happy new year to you all. We are recording this um, at three o'clock on New Year's Day. So uh, there is no trying to pretend we are literally recording this on New Year's Day because let's be honest, we have nothing better to do. Um, Hope you had a wonderful Christmas uh, for those celebrating and uh, yeah, hope everyone's staying safe in these very unusual and uncertain times but hopefully a little bit of distraction with today's topic which is star wars should come uh, to some of you at least uh, as a pleasant as i say distraction joining me today are uh, two special guests one a returning guest and one a new guest um so first off welcome back to martin hello Hello, and a very special hello to first-time guest, Corey. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, Right, so obviously the pair of you are here today because you are, would you call yourselves very, very big Star Wars fans? Yeah. I think think I'll be non-committal on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so obviously, um, as I have mentioned in many previous podcasts, Star Wars is a topic very close to my heart, um, and it was only a matter of time before we did a special on it, and um, today seems as a nice as a nice bridge between season one and season two of the podcasts, it seems like a nice time to do that. Um, and for those of you wondering, um, as I have had a few of you message, which has been quite nice, it means that people are listening, um, asking when season two will be beginning, we will be beginning uh, not next week, but the week after. So the the first episode of season two of Nobody Puts Podcast in a Corner will be with you on the 15th of January. Very much looking forward to that. Um, can't tell you what it's going to be about yet, but there is a strong likelihood it may have something to do with time travel in films or the IMDb worst 100. Haven't decided yet. Anyway, um, so Star Wars. Now, some of you are going to be listening to this going, yep, I know Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Um, some of you are going to be listening to it going, I know Star Wars. Uh, I don't mind Star Wars. I don't know enough about it to, to call myself a big fan. And for those of you that don't care, you've already stopped listening. So, um, so for the, for the, for the first two, at least, um, I, I hope you will enjoy the way we've decided to do today. We have got a, um, cause obviously Star Wars is a, massive universe uh quite literally massive universe of content we are going to do it in what is chronological order for the film series so starting off with the prequels and then tapping into the animations the spin-offs the original trilogy obviously that starts it all uh moving into the mandalorian uh the sequel trilogy and then focusing on a little bit of other bits and bobs within the star wars ethos at the end um so yeah um Obviously, I hope you listeners uh, enjoy it. Um, I I had I had a very interesting conversation really quickly with um, with with someone um, during the Christmas period. Uh, Andrew, who has previously been on here, um, I caught up with his uh, his dad, Gary, and he says he I, you know I enjoy listening to the podcast, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and he basically said, but there are points sometimes that 
I'm like, well, this isn't being considered. This isn't being considered. Why are you not? Why are you not saying this? Um, and uh, and yeah, long story short, uh, that's why we that's why we do this podcast because we want to be people to be sat there screaming, uh, saying. Um, why are you not bringing up that point? Why are you not saying this? Why are you not looking at it from this point of view? That's why I do this. And as I said in my very first episode, I thrive on that. <laughs> so, um, yes. If, I, if uh, I can interject as well there, then. Of course. Uh, so if, if any of the listeners are thinking that, um, I would definitely encourage them to reach out on social media to begin those kind of discussions. Um, yeah, that will lead yeah, to some absolutely. Really, really fun things. Well, as I always say, you know, whenever we put up these posts on social media, um, you know, I always say, please comment, please bring up points, because if you bring up the points, it's not too late for us to mention it. We can always mention it in the uh, next episode of the podcast. You know, we want your we want your opinion. And, you know, there's no reason why we can't do a follow up and get you if you have, you know, to those of you listening are thinking I have an opinion, I want to share it get involved. We're always looking for people to be involved in the podcast. So please do get involved. Um, Anyway, so there's there's that. But yes, uh, I would just like to give a little uh, mention to Gary for being a continuous listener and uh, yes, uh, giving very, very uh, thought-provoking feedback. So thank you. Um, anyway, let's get started on Star Wars, shall we? Mm. Okie dokie. Right. So um, let's start, as I say, at the beginning chronologically. The prequels. Now, the prequels will always hold a special place in my heart um, because I was—I must have been eight or nine, no, maybe ten actually—when Star Wars: The Phantom Menace first came out, um, and it was—I I was already aware of Star Wars. I was aware of this guy in a big, scary black suit holding a red sword, you know, and 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 someone fighting someone with a blue sword. Um, and they made funny noises. That was what I knew Star Wars to be. But then the Phantom Menace came along, and all I remember the most about the Phantom Menace was Darth Maul. Because obviously, I you know, when, when you're a kid, you know, you're looking and you see this very sinister, scary-looking bloke with a black and red face with horns on his head, and you know, uh, quite as I say, quite sinister. And that was my introduction to the Phantom Menace, um, as I'm sure it was for many. Uh, and then obviously went from there so you know that that was my beginning proper beginning of star wars um and obviously you know liam neeson and ewan mcgregor and natalie portman you know all, all kicking it off um and and creating what is although considered a very frustrating film uh because of the likes of characters like jar jar binks and whatnot i think a thoroughly enjoyable film as well um so uh, martin what's what you know what, first of all where did where did star wars begin with you and what are your thoughts on the phantom menace uh so it started for me um probably similar age to what you were saying maybe about eight to ten something like that uh my dad had the vhs copies of the original trilogy what is VHS? Um, <laughs> exactly that. Um, <clears throat> I remember watching them and thinking, I don't know what's going on, but this is awesome. Um, and then obviously Phantom came out. I watched that. And like yourself, uh, Darth Maul, uh, everyone run is running around with these like single bladed uh, things. And he comes along and he's just like, 
boj, there's one. Yeah. Oh no, boosh, there's number two. And you're like, what? Oh my <laughs> god, that's amazing. Um, <clears throat> and it's just for me as well. The the fight between them three is still probably one of the best in the franchise. Um, that's probably what keeps me coming back to Phantom. Um, I also quite like the pod race randomly. I don't quite know why. I think it's because... Uh, as I'm do a... I. I think it's very exhilarating. Yeah, I think it's probably because I'm just a massive petrol head, but... Yeah, I think I think there's something really special about the pod racing scene because like they actually they actually make it feel like you're watching a, an F1 race. Common commentary, you know, audience reaction. You know, the thing that I loved about it was that it did genuinely feel like you were. It was relatable in the sense of, look, everybody, whether you like Formula One or racing or whatever, you know what it is. You you've you've seen something to do with it either on TV or social media or whatever. So you get you have an idea of the concept and the layout and the format of a of a Formula One race. And then here comes this thing in space, which essentially, in the best way possible, rips it off. And you're sat there going, oh, my God, I, I know this. Like, you, you get the audience reaction. You get the, the cheers. You get the, the, the sound of the engines. You get the crashes. You get the, you know, the, whoa, who's going to win? You know, you get all of that. And... I think they they took their time with it. It wasn't it wasn't like what Harry Potter did with the Quidditch World Cup and didn't even show us it. They gave us this epic pod race, and they took like especially I think in um, in in this slightly extended cut of the Phantom Menace, they take a good ten, nearly fifteen minutes on the whole thing. Like, and that's good. That's how it should be, and it gets you involved and it gets you excited. So. I fully agree with you on that. I think Sebulba's pod is still my favourite one, just because of the noise. <laughs> <sighs> I love it. I love it. Um, as some of you uh, may know, uh, I quite like the American muscle cars and choppers that make that kind of low, yeah. bassy, thump, thump kind of noise. So Sebulba's yeah. pod is just perfection yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah no it's uh yeah it's it's yeah good good okay uh cory cory what did you what you know again your introduction to star wars and thoughts on phantom menace um it's it's kind of a weird one because when it comes to my when it comes to having star wars in my life it was more come from yourself and from uh, mum because yes. mum got us both into star wars at a very young age i think the first one i watched may have been a new hope I can't remember. It's that long ago. <laughs> yeah. um, but Phantom Menace, I enjoy. I think it's one of those ones where you can sit there and go, if you want to just put it on, you sit there and watch it. Like you said, Martin, the pod racing is incredible. Darth Maul is one of the best villains in the franchise. No matter. He's just, he's that. He's imitating, he's badass, he's everything like that. And honestly, I think a few weeks back, I actually sat down and watched Phantom Menace and went, I forgot how much I love this movie. Yeah, I have to say, I do think, in my personal opinion, and we'll come, we'll probably come on to, you know, we'll come at the end of it, we'll come on to favorite fight, favorite fight scene, favorite character, and all that. But I'm just mm. going to throw it out there now: the Darth Maul, Qui Gon, Obi Wan fight sequence is my favorite oh, that yeah. Star Wars has done so far. Yeah, like you know, just hands down. But we'll go into that in a bit. Um, Okay, cool. So, thank you for that. So, um, you know, obviously, yeah, so Phantom Menace came out in 1999. You know, for a lot of people, a lot of the original Star Wars fans, I think they were quite disappointed. But obviously, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're tackling Star Wars from a generation of, um, of you know, we, we, we see Star Wars from the prequels perspective onwards whereas a lot of people who are of a different generation to us will see it from the original trilogy's perspective onwards and they are two very different sets of films. Um 
but at the same time, I think they've aged quite nicely, if I'm honest. Um, I don't say that about many films. I think when they came out as a kid, I thought they were the best thing since sliced bread. Then I realised that actually they weren't the greatest things. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then it kind of evolved as I got older as such into, well, you know, actually they're not that bad. Um, I think I agree anyway. with you on that point. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah. definitely. I also have a much more newfound appreciation for them now in terms of the effects and just kind of how advanced they actually were. Oh my God. Yeah. They, they didn't get enough appreciation. You know, I have to say like, especially even with the Phantom Menace, you know, I watch the Phantom Menace now and I think, do you know what? Like considering how much they pulled off in that, the CGI was pretty damn good. It was Mm. colorful. It was vibrant and it was pretty believable. Then Attack of the Clones came along and you know, it was a bit, I, there were things about Attack of the Clones I wasn't a massive fan of. I'm not going to lie with the CGI. Uh, but Revenge of the Sith, oh, the whole film was CGI, to be fair. But to be fair, they pulled it off. You know, they absolutely pulled it off. Um, and this was all done across a six-year period, you know, six to seven-year period. So they, they they pulled off a lot technologically, technological-wise, in you know, with visual effects in, in a very short period of time. Um, and you're right, Martin. They have, they have, you know, you, the appreciation with with that. I think needs to be admired a little bit more. Um, but then Star Wars has always done that. Star Wars has always found new ways to advance technology, even right up until recently with the Mandalorian, which obviously we'll go on to in a bit. Yeah, good point. Um, so, so okay, Attack of the Clones, the kind of like the the middle child of the of the prequel trilogy, the one that. The one that, you know, I think people always kind of don't really like to talk about that much. Um, I, 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 I'll I, keep my opinions on Attack of the Clones brief. I'm not a massive fan of it. I remember when I first saw the trailer for it, I was uh, I was 11. I was sat in the cinema about to watch Ice Age. Trailer for Attack of the Clones come on. I nearly wet myself with excitement. I was just like, my goodness, this looks incredible. Film comes out. Obviously, 12-year-old me thought it was incredible. Then I look back on it now and I think, uh, it was a bit naff. It was that kind of like that awkward middle story filler where they had to do so much, but didn't really have a lot to really allude to. Um, and I wasn't a fan of a lot of the dialogue in it, if I'm honest. I thought it was a bit cheesy. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Hayden Christensen. I think the guy is great and I do think he can act, but I don't think he was given the right materials to work with. Uh, in that film, and I do think, unfortunately, it was a bit cringy at times. Um, I thought, I, I thought, I wasn't a fan of the Count Dooku Yoda fight scene. It was just CGI fest, moving too fast. Didn't happen long enough. I just thought the lightsaber fight in the film was pretty disappointing. I was sat in the cinema. I remember with 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 people that obviously were probably our age, you know, then uh, cheering when Yoda pulled out his lightsaber and I was sat there looking at it going, but he was a puppet in the last film. And now he looks like someone's drawn him on the screen. It just, it didn't vibe with me even as a kid. Um, I know it sounds like I'm being very picky, but you know, I, I guess you've got to, you've got to impress considering how, how much better he was in revenge of the Sith. I think, you know, Yoda, Yoda could have been better in attack of the clones. Yeah. Um, you, you compare it to that. Uh, shall we say, awkward looking puppet that they had 
for the original version of uh, Phantom Wow, Menace. you make a good point actually because they went back, didn't they, in the extent when they remastered it and they added CGI Yoda into Phantom Menace. But the funny thing was they did it after they did Revenge of the Sith. So Yoda went from looking really good CGI in Phantom Menace to really crap CGI in Attack of the Clones back to really good CGI in Revenge of the Sith. And that's the only mistake they made in my opinion. Um, Interesting. But but yeah, no, I have to say, though, one thing that I did like about the uh, Attack of the Clones, well, two things. One, Django Fett. Um, Django Fett, I thought, was fantastic. Really, really cool part of it. Nice way to re- reintroduce Boba Fett into the series. And also the uh, Geonosis fight where all the Jedi turn up. Um, just thought it was a really cool moment. Quite a poignant moment in the Star Wars history. Other than that, I'm struggling to think of much that I really enjoyed about it. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that that's me. That's me. Corey, thoughts on Attack of the Clones? Um, basically, all, all you said, Ross. Um, it, it, I honestly, in my opinion, I think it's the worst one out of the prequels. Okay. There wasn't, like you said, there wasn't many good things about it. Django Fett was one of those um, moments where you go, oh my God. He is such a cool character. And when we talk about Mandalorian later, we can we'll say about say other stuff to do with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and also I like the way it set set up Clone Wars and how it set up the rest yes. of the story for the future. Yeah. And the Geonosis yeah. fight scene was just incredible. Just everything going everything. And everything going tits up all at once. Yeah. And and yeah. the C three PO and R two D two dialogue when the uh, when he said droid that just oh, that yeah. makes me laugh every time but apart yeah. from that yeah i can't really say anything else good about it no no that's fair that's fair okay martin your thoughts um i actually quite liked uh part of the bit towards the start of the movie with uh zam wessel and the yeah. attempted assassin- assassination of padme um the whole dynamic between obi-wan and anakin at that moment where he grabs the the open top vehicle and he's all like oh, sorry master i had to get the right one you know with the right specs and he's just blabbering on just trying to you know annoy obi-wan enough to him to go okay it's fine it's fine just just get after them kind of thing um and just really quickly i just want to say see i i although i really enjoyed actually to be fair the whole chase sequence i found the dialogue absolutely fucking awful i was so i felt it was so put on and and when when anakin's just like if you'll excuse me and jumps out and i'm like oh someone slapped that kid seriously (laughs) like maybe maybe that was the desired effect i don't know but i was just i remember being sat there thinking bring back the kid from the last one you know at least you know um but but yeah i i couldn't i couldn't get into that dialogue so yeah anyway sorry yes so that that moment that you mentioned where he's like oh if you'll excuse me and hops out I think that, the, for me at least, uh, that kind of epitomizes Anakin at that time of his life. He's a cocky little shit. He, re- he really is. At that moment, he is an absolute cocky little bugger. Um, and he, he just wants to show off and show that he's completely capable of doing all of these things by himself. And I like that moment. That's fair. That's Other fair. than that, <laughs> up until Geonosis, there's not much else I like about the film. Um, yeah. Just every, everything to do with Geonosis is i think rather well done to be honest um there's obviously the uh slightly morbid moment of not just Django fett being murdered um but if you watch the shadows closely enough you can see his head fly out the helmet yes absolutely that's uh mildly morbid but 
you know it then you can see why boba goes down the path that he goes down um and again that's expanded much more in a load of extra content that we'll get to in a bit um which then brings us to boba from the original trilogy and i really like that aspect of it um but like you alluded to earlier it's that movie that kind of it needed to bridge everything that happened in one and set up everything that was going to happen in three. And like, there's small moments that you can see um, that hint very, very heavily at stuff to happen in three. Yeah. But obviously at the time we didn't know what was going to happen. Did we? Um, It's only now with those little rose tinted glasses on, you can kind of go, I see what they were going for in that moment. I can see how that feeds into that. But back then, you can't. And if and if you take it in that regard, it's definitely one of the weakest films. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's certainly interesting for sure. Um, and and it, it it I think it has a lot to try and achieve, uh, and it does achieve it from a story point of view, but with a very lackluster effect. Um, it's, it certainly doesn't follow the rule of the middle film being the better out of the three. Um, but hey, ho. um, <laughs> okay. Um, let's go on to revenge of the Sith. Now, revenge of the Sith, you know, for, for many people was an interesting film because obviously it, um, well, it was the moment Anakin Skywalker spoilers became Darth Vader. Um, and, uh, you know, although everyone who had already seen the original trilogy knew what was going to happen, it was, I suppose, you know, there was the fantastic fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin. There was the purge of the Jedi. There was, um, you know, the, 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 the rise of the empire and Palpatine and, uh, you know, and obviously the fight between him and Yoda. There was a lot to, you know, I think that film had a lot riding on it, and I do think it delivered. I do certainly think it was the strongest out of the original three. Uh, sorry, the prequel three. Um, and certainly one of my favourite Star Wars films, to be fair. Um, I think it delivered on everything it had to deliver on. It, it was it was the, one of the last times I remember really feeling that Star Wars charm. Um, it, was, it was good, you know. It was a very, very good film, and it really set up um, you know the, the the original trilogy quite nicely. You even though you had a big twenty year jump, it kind of you know set it up nicely, and you just you know you went with it. I mean, again, I it's not without its problems. Again, slightly bad dialogue, some wasted characters, some wasted scenes. Um, I do think they should have spent longer on the purging of the Jedi. You know, instead of just having a montage of like five Jedi dying, it wasn't enough to establish really what was considering the Jedi meant to have been the guardians of the fucking galaxy for like thousands of years. And then suddenly bang, they're gone in a, in a two minute montage. That wasn't good enough in my opinion. Um, but at the same time, it still had a good effect, but it should have, it should have, I think personally it should have delivered more. Um, I think Revenge of the Sith is very underrated, and I think it deserves more more attention for the right reasons. Um, but yeah, um, that's that's that. I, I do I do love Revenge of the Sith. I have to say, probably would go as far as calling it my second favorite Star Wars film. Uh, Fair, but yeah, okay. Martin, thoughts? <clears throat> uh, one thing I love about Revenge is it actually introduces one of my top three favorite characters in the entire franchise. Um, and that is General Grievous. 
Um, I love oh, that. I love that droid. General Kenobi, <laughs> <laughs> you are a bold one. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the the whole sort of heist, if you will, right at the beginning with um, rescuing uh, Chancellor Palpatine, yeah. uh, just awesome. Frankly, really, really cool. Uh, you get to see um, R two get in on the action a little bit as well. These little drop the oil slicks set them on fire. Um, that's quite fun. And then you see another that you see that dark dark side of Palpatine right at the start. You see that that bit to do with Anakin do as it. well. Do it, and that's really that's really cool. Um, watching them try and land the ship also brilliant. Uh, with Obi's line of uh, another happy landing, um, <laughs> and then yeah, like. So, like like you've like you've said already there's there's parts of that film that are mediocre and suboptimal um there's a couple of lines of dialogue that are shall we say not very good uh master yeah. skywalker there's too many of them what are we going to do you're going to die that <laughs> is what's going to happen yeah, uh, I don't want to take up too much time, so I'll let Corey no, take no, over no, now. No, 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 that's cool, cool, cool. Okay, yeah, Corey, thoughts? Um, Revenge of the Sith is an amazing film. I've always, I, it's one of those ones where you can sit there and you can just love it throughout the film. Um, for me, it's my third favourite. Uh, cool. I just lo- I just love it. I think the fight scenes are amazing. General Grievous is just that menacing character. You just... He, he just He's menacing. You you just love him so much. He's one of those love to hate bad guys that a lot of people yeah 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 go yeah. for in a lot of movies. But it was it was nice. I think one thing I will say is whenever time I hear the Order sixty six music, my heart I just my yeah, I, yeah. I hear it. And I go oh, not this again. When we talk about yeah. video games and the anime and the spin offs and stuff like that later, that's where it all goes together. And I go. I don't want to hear this music again because yeah. it kicks in. It really does kick in for me. But I love, and again, John Williams does an absolutely beautiful well, score. Yeah, you you took the words out of my mouth. I have to say one thing that hasn't been mentioned yet. Uh, you know, John Williams has obviously done the score for all nine mm. of the theatrical uh, of the Skywalker saga films, um, and thank Christ he did because they are phenomenal and the music, whether the films are good or not, the music has always been, you know, at its highest oh, quality yeah. level possible. I mean, Jewel of the Fates. Yeah, exactly. Just, just... <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I think, you know, Jewel of the Fates, uh, in Phantom Menace, Across the Stars in Attack of the Clones and Battle of the Heroes slash, uh, the Order 66 theme in, yeah. in Revenge of the Sith pretty intense there's also one other piece of music and it's it's actually two two of my favorite scenes in revenge of the sith um it's the one where palpatine and anakin are at the opera on coruscant and he's telling the story about darth plagueis the wise the whole scene is just gives you chills Mm. you know it's so you know where it's going it's so good it's so creepy it's so like i want to know more um and then the other scene is the um one where anakin it's just before it's sorry it's just after anakin has told mace windu that palpatine is sith lord and he's like go back 
and just wait. And there's this scene where like Anakin's watching across the whole skyline of Coruscant and Padme is over in her apartment and Anakin's in the Jedi temple and there's no dialogue. It's this really creepy music. And they're also also opposite sides of the screen, aren't they to each other? Absolutely. It's just such a, and you know what? Fair play to Hayden Christensen. He really showed that if anyone ever doubts that he can act, Watch that scene mm. because he really, sh- you know what you don't. It just goes to show you don't need to have to open your mouth to show how well you can be, uh, you know how well you can act. Um, he really nailed it in that scene, yeah. um, and and it was very powerful. And it's what I say one of the two favorite scenes for me in that film. But the music, without the music, it's it's nowhere near as powerful. So once again, you know, hats off to John Williams. Yeah, definitely. Something else I like about Revenge of the Sith is something they they kind of tease it when it comes to Padme in the senator room or in the when you see all the different um, alien species, you see on her head the rebel sign. Oh, do you? Yeah. I never noticed that. And then in when Vader, when Anakin's turning into Vader on the floor, you see the Empire sign. Oh yes, I did notice that one though. I did notice that one, yeah, which nice. I thought was quite quite a little good nice. for teasing. Yeah, nice little bit of trivia. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Right. Let's move swiftly on uh, to the spin-offs. Now, let's not, you know, there's a lot to talk about these, uh, but because combined, there is uh, 11 seasons worth of animated spin-offs mm. to discuss, but we will just try and give a quick overview. So, obviously, you know, uh, for our listeners, the spin-offs were introduced after Revenge of the Sith ended. There was uh, the Star Wars Clone Wars, which was set between the years between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and it showed, you know... Um, the 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 greater events of the Sith uh, and what they were trying to do amongst the galaxy and Palpatine and what he was up to and it also showed the the struggles that the Jedi had to face throughout the whole galaxy. But the thing that it really did for me uh, is it as I'm sure it did for many is it really showed the chemistry between Anakin and Obi Wan and it really and, and, and I have to say to them despite the fact that. They've, I think, barely used any of the returning voice actors for the actual, you know, uh, sorry, the returning actors to do the voices, sorry, for the Clone Wars show. Um, the, the, the guys that did do the voices were very convincing and over, you know, seven, six, seven seasons worth of, of character development. When I go back now and I watch Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, I buy more into Euro McGregor and Hayden Christensen's chemistry as a result of the character's development in the animation, mm. which I think is a very, very clever thing for them to be able to do. Um, plus, the storylines are fantastic. You know, for a, for a TV show, it was very dark. Um, it was it was it was solid. It was solid, and it was it was giving us more stories from a, a period of time that we wanted more from from the Star Wars world um and then obviously when that ended and disney bought star wars they gave us star wars rebels which i confess i wasn't a fan of to begin with i thought the animation was quite childish and juvenile but then when i finally i think it was you martin that convinced me to watch it um i i was pleasantly surprised again how dark it was and how they actually started to tie it together into the events of post events sorry of revenge of the sith uh which i really enjoyed um so yeah um would highly recommend the clone wars if you don't watch rebels that's fine but if you if you want to watch something and watch a really good quality spin-off um animation 
thing project then watch yeah watch watch the clone wars it's 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 very good very good fun uh martin i know martin i know you're a big fan of the clone wars and rebels aren't you oh i am yes um so speaking of clone wars at least um there's a a fun fact so a line of dialogue in uh revenge of the sith is anakin to general grievous where he goes ah general grievous you're shorter than i expected um and the reason he says that is obviously because his uh, Padawan in the Clone Wars, Ahsoka, um, met General Grievous. And to her, he was enormous. He was huge. He was this hulking monstrosity. So naturally, when she described him to Anakin, she would ex- describe him as this massive hulking monster. So when Anakin comes across him, he's like, actually, no, he's, he's not that imposing. And not Which just I, that, but they also... They Yes, the other thing as well that I thought was because of that line, that was obviously in Revenge of the Sith, that was the first time Anakin and Grievous had met. So they then had to make sure that for seven seasons... They'd never met. Which must have been a lot of fun for them to go, oh, Jesus, it'll be really... uh, Yeah, and Anakin and Obi-Wan on this planet, and then let's have Grievous come along. No, you can't do that because they've not met yet. Yeah, you've you've got to distract Anakin somehow, just, I don't know, drop a Sarge Ventress on here, get her to distract him. yeah. Make it work. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it, it just made me think. I bet someone in the animating team just must have sat there and gone, for fuck's sake. Like, who's like, <laughs> with this? Um, but yeah, uh, no, absolutely. I, but I do agree with you, Martin, wholeheartedly. Um, and and your, and your thoughts on Rebels? Um, I actually really like Rebels. Um, it gives us a couple of new and interesting things um, almost as an aside, if you will. So you get um, Zeb, who is a completely brand new race to us, as viewers at least, um, in the Lasat. And then you get Lathal, you get a load of extra stuff there. It introduces us to Thrawn, and my god, he is incredible in Rebels. Um, it also gives us um, a little bit of continuation from the Clone Wars with a couple of returning characters. Um, the dark saber being an item that passes through both story arcs. Um, there's just a lot of things that it does really, really well, and it also delves a little bit into yeah, the. It, um, sorry, uh, it also delves a little bit into some of the other mysteries of the Force. You obviously, you get the Bendu voiced by uh, Tom Baker, I think. Tom Baker, yeah, yeah. It's Tom Baker, yeah. Um, who, who positions themselves as this like balance between the the Jedi and the Sith, and it, it explores a load of really interesting things. Um, so I would definitely recommend it for anyone that wants to delve into yeah. in, into it a bit more kind of thing. Yeah, I have to say, the thing that I always did enjoy about was that, obviously, the thing is, is that although it's a different show, it is very advantageous for you to have seen all of the Clone Wars in order to fully understand everything that's going on in Rebels. Because they bring back character, they bring characters like Bo-Katan, Ahsoka, um, the Darth Maul storyline, which some people to this day go, wait, hang on, he got cut in half. No, he's back, <laughs> you know. Yep. Um, and then and then subsequently makes more sense in the spin-offs, like uh, things like Rogue One and obviously um, the solo film. There are characters in both those which are from the both sets of animations so it's certainly a period of time where there is a lot like you know forrest whitaker's character whose name escapes me Saw um, 
that's it, Saul Guerrero. Like he voiced him in the Rebels, even though there was a younger version of his character featured in the Clone Wars. You know, so they they really found a way to make it all link nicely. But the problem with that is that then you know you're missing out on interesting character development if you've not seen it all. Um, but yes, I would have to say that I would personally the most. And I would have said this before The Mandalorian came out. The thing that I loved most about Clone Wars and um, Rebels was the Mandalorian connection with, you know, the the Siege of Mandalore and um, the Darksaber and Bo-Katan and, and obviously um, Sabine in the Rebels show. It just... It was, it was interesting. It showed that there was more to the Star Wars universe than just Jedi and Sith. Yeah. Um, and, and I really, really enjoyed that element of it. Um, and to then have that turn and transform into live action, as we see in The Mandalorian, which we'll discuss in a bit, is just the greatest gift it really is. Um, Corey, quick thoughts on uh, Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, Rebels, it was a weird one because I didn't actually really watch it until quite late on, until it, I think it pretty much ended. And like you, Ross, it was a bit, I didn't really go through and understand it. But after time, I actually started to watch it and I now think it's a very good show. It's, it's different. We meet some new characters. I do like Ezra as a character. I thought his story arc was very nice. It's new, it's different. And Thrawn is a menacing character and he's just... Yeah. He's just that kind of badass kind of guy. Um, Clone Wars, I love. I can sit and watch Clone Wars for ages. I think they upped it every season. Yes, each season had a bad episode, but when season seven, the recent came out, by the end they made it. They made it incredible. Just that yeah. the last arc was great. Um, one thing I will say is, people listening, if you don't Clone Wars, watch this one. Don't watch the one that came out in two thousand three. That was that was a oh, weird that's one. a very good point. Uh, yeah, the guys that made the Cartoon Network show Samurai Jack, I think it was Samurai Jack. Is that what uh, it was called? Yeah, the the art styles are very very similar. Yeah, well, it was done by the same animated team, wasn't it? Um, and uh, and yeah, I couldn't. It was interesting, but it's it's no, just just pretend it didn't exist. Um, Cool. Okay, let's move swiftly on to spin-offs. Now, look, we ain't going to spend too much time on this, I don't think. But uh, the first of the two spin-offs, which uh, came out under the reign of Disney, that were set between uh, the events of Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. First of all, we had, um, chronologically, um, we had Solo. Uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, which featured a young Han Solo and his adventures of meeting Chewbacca uh, and all the crap they get, you know, falling into, I guess, throughout the film. <sighs> Look, i got to be honest with you right now. Other than the Darth Maul cameo, I couldn't give two shits about the film. Like, it's not a bad film. I like Ron Howard. He's a good director. And I like all the cast. Solid cast. Nice, nice throwbacks to other important, you know, uh, Star Wars elements and also gives us a, our first taste of animated turning into live action. Um, but it was a film that I sat there and watched and went, this wasn't needed. I would have rather have seen you made a spin-off about a million other subjects other than this. Mm-hmm. However, that being said, it's still not a bad film. Um, I would never say it's a bad film. I would just say it's a, eh, watch it if you want. If you don't, you're not going to be missing out on anything. Uh, I think I would fully agree with that. Uh, yeah. I watched it and went, it, it's a good film. It's well made. Um, it's a story I didn't want to see or care to see, realistically yeah. speaking. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I would have to agree with you there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just one of those. But you know, I thought Amelia Clark was quite good in it. It was nice to see her do something other than Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, and um, she was a mysterious character. And do you know what? The one thing I'll say for the film is I hope we see more of her in the future. I'd like her character to come back one way or another into the Star Wars universe, which is entirely possible. Um, and I'd like, and I also liked that the film actively acknowledged that Darth Maul was very much up and running in 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 real life. Let's just say, not in not just in oh, let's you know, let's use and abuse Darth Maul in the uh, animated shows, but let's now just give him the you know the justice he deserves by bringing him into the um, the live action uh, film as well, so which was a, it was a nice reward for as we were saying for us fans to menace fans. Not only that as well, it actually ties in quite nicely to a couple of things that um, Darth Maul specifically does during the Clone Wars. Obviously, he starts a lot of the aspects that end up becoming the the crime syndicate that he's running in Solo. He he starts most of that in Clone Wars. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah, and obviously Kira, Amelia Clarke's character, has been caught up in all of that, hasn't she? So, um, yeah. um, But no, it's, you know, Corey, thoughts on Solo? Um, yeah, you know, like, well, so you, like what both of you said, you know, it's a, it's an all right film. I like the idea. I like the whole heist element of it. It was, a, it was different for a heist kind of film for Star Wars. Um, nice to see the castle run. That's quite yes, interesting. that's true. The castle run was mentioned many a time in the original trilogy. Nice to finally see that happen. Yeah. Um, Darth Maul cameo, and I think that's pretty much it. It was, it was, it was, it was an okay film, but it wasn't. Yeah, I, I actually, I will just say, um, Donald Glover as a young Lando Calrissian was perfect casting. Mm. Yeah, like I, I, I would say that other than, other than uh, Josh Brolin uh, playing a younger Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black Three, which for me to date is the greatest. Uh, young, oh, uh, younger actor casting ever done in a film. I would say Donald Glover as uh, Billy D. Williams is 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 pretty uh, you know close. Um, he did a very good job of pulling it off. I have to say. Definitely. Um, so okay, then that takes us on to Rogue One. Now Rogue One, look, oh. Rogue One, Rogue One is one of the things that Disney has gotten right. So let's mm. be honest. Uh, it, Disney's not got a lot right with Star Wars, but it did get <laughs> it did get Rogue One right. And do you know what? Rogue One's a film that grew on me when I first watched it. I was like, this is a good film. You know, I'm enjoying this. This is this is quality Star Wars. But I could never really get into these characters that they had a lot of characters to introduce. You grow attached to for them to essentially be killed off by the end of the film. And you knew it had to happen. You knew they had to get killed off because there was no way that these, these, these band of five or six characters who were so instrumental in the events of, of the star Wars, you know, you I mean, Jesus, the, the opening crawl of a new hope essentially tells the story of rogue one, mm. where it talks about a band of rebels stealing this plans for the death star. Um, and that's that, you know, so you kind of think, well, we would have seen them otherwise. They should have appeared in the original trilogy. So it made sense for them to all get killed off. And I think that's what that was the period of, of for me of going, oh, well, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to get a grip with these characters because I don't see them long enough to really care. But then I think as time's gone on, it's, it's like a bit of like a fine wine, you know, it's kind of gone, you know what? And that's actually a really good film. And I have to say the way they make it go from, you know, literally 10 minutes between Rogue One and the opening of A New Hope, I think it's genius. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Flawless, flawless impact. Flawless, you know. And, and 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 I know. Look, it's got to come up, but the Darth Vader sequence. Oh. What what I love. <laughs> I, I was saying this to someone the other day. This is this is a genius move by Disney. When people now think of Darth Vader, they'll always think of the "I am your father," and I'll think of a few other bits. But usually, when you think of Darth Vader now, you think of the scene in Rogue One, oh, and the fact that they were able to bring back the character after so long and seamlessly insert him into the film and make a scene so incredible and so powerful that now when anybody even fans of the original trilogy think of Darth Vader they think of the scene from Rogue One which is a film made 40 years later by a completely different company I have to say my hat goes off to Disney on that one it was very clever and perfectly executed um I I yeah flawless yeah it plays off the uh, almost original design aspect of Vader himself. Um, and especially yeah. if, if you ever read any of the comics for him as well. Um, there was one that I've, I, I haven't read it fully, but I've seen a couple of the panels from it. And it's literally Vader stood in the middle of a massive clearing, surrounded by, I don't know, a massive squadron of rebel soldiers that go, you're surrounded. And he goes, no, all I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men. And you're like, oh boy, yes. And that yeah. scene from Rogue One captures that perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have to say as well, one of the elements of the film that gets a lot of crap is um, the CGI of Peter Cushing, obviously who played um, Moff Tarkin in the original Star Wars film. Now, I, I, I went to a Comic-Con a few years ago and I met um, Guy Henry, who was the stand-in for Tarkin. wasn't just the stand-in for him, but he also did the voice. Now, he nailed the voice, in my opinion. You know, I've watched a lot mm. of, of the classic Hammer horror films with Cushing, so it's not just Star Wars I've got to go by, and I think he got the voice spot on. When I met him, I said to him, look, you probably get this all the time, but I thought your portrayal of Tarkin was fantastic. And he goes, do you know what? I don't actually. He said, that's very lovely of you to say, because I don't actually get that a lot at all. He goes, I tend to find that people are quite um negative well not negative but just you know people are you know they're, they're, they're whatever about it he goes not that many people will make those comments that you've just made and i thought why it's, it's such a responsibility and such a hard hard thing for an actor to do to come along wear all the cgi gear and essentially have be told look we know you're an actor, you're a well-respected actor, but you win, your face isn't going to be the one that's going to be seen in this film. It's going to be a CGI recreation of an actor who's been dead 25 years. Like, you know, ha- I hope you're okay with that. And it's like, it's like, yeah, but he did it and he did the voice. And do you know what? Peter Cushing always had quite an animated face anyway, because he was quite gaunt with his high cheekbones. So I think that probably made them a little, made life a little bit easier for the animation team. But I, I, I get it a lot when people say, "Oh, I thought I thought Tarkin looked crap," and I think, do you know what? He was a crucial character during this time. They had to have him in there. They had that you couldn't have had the whole Death Star story and the lead up to all of this without having characters like Tarkin and Vader involved. Um, and the fact that they were able to pull it off, I just think, do you know what? fair play to you it was a bold move and for me as a big fan it paid off and the fact that they were lucky enough to find a good actor to physically match uh peter cushing not just yeah i'll say physically but from a vocal point of view as well i just think be grateful we were able to have that you know yeah um, definitely. Uh, yeah, i just think I, 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 the reason i get quite passionate about it because i think it deserves a little bit more attention and i think people give it more crap than they do positivity and that always frustrates me a little bit um 
But yeah, look, Vader, Tarkin, even the little cameo from Princess Leia at the end. Ah, oh, just, just, it's a solid film. Mm. It's a solid film, and it's definitely one of the, you know, definitely up there in the top half of the best quality Star Wars films made. Definitely. Do we? Uh, if, if I can add we, one yeah. last point, if yeah, that's okay. of course. Um, so the the Tarkin CGI, um, when he when he first appeared on screen, I went, oh, they managed to get him back for this. Not even realizing <laughs> that he's been dead twenty five years. I was that oblivious to it. Fair. Um, Fair. I was like, damn. They got him back. That's really fucking cool. And then I noticed a couple of small tells that told me it was CGI, like the top lip. Um, and the eyes. Moving. The eyes and the lips mm, always yeah. tend to be the it, giveaway. Genuinely, it's those, it's, it tends to be those kind of uh, aspects. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I went, oh, okay, now I get it. He's a CGI. But to be fair, the way they'd lit the scenes made it much easier for the VFX artists, for the animators, for every single step in the process. So now I have to put so much time and so much effort into it, which is why I felt that the layer one was a lot more like, because the lighting of the scene was so different. Yeah. It, Thankfully, though, it was only for two seconds, so yeah. you can almost forgive it. Yeah, uh, exactly. But yeah, no, I do agree with you. I do think, I do think, and again, um, jumping ahead ever so slightly here, but over to the sequel trilogy, when they had the brief scene in Rise of Skywalker between a young Luke and a young Leia, um, Luke, they managed to get pretty much spot on, but with Leia, I felt like I was looking at a video game character, and I felt the same. Mm. I felt the same with uh, Rogue One. I, again, I, I, not knocking them. It was a bit. It's a bold move to make, and I'm glad they did because you know you've got the technology to pull it off. We've got a massive universe of characters here. You may as well use your technology and give us little cameos every now and then, which we will discuss with a particular element of this later on. But you know what I mean. Uh, but um, but uh, you know, ultimately, fair play to them. But yeah, I do agree with you. I felt like it was a bit more obvious with the layer one uh, than what it was with Tarkin. Again, because of the lighting. So yeah, no, I do. I do agree with you. Uh, absolutely. Corey, thoughts on Rogue One? Uh, um, Rogue One, favorite is second favorite. I love Rogue One. I remember seeing it in the cinema uh, with Mum, and when saying about the Leia scene, it actually burst, me and Mum burst into tears because it was just it was quite recent after Carrie Fisher. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was. It, 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 hit, just... it just it hits you first time watching it. Carrie Fisher has just recently died, and you see Leia, yeah. and you yeah, just yeah, get yeah. so upset, and yeah, 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 it really hits you. But Rogue One is up there. It's just an incredible Good. film. Good. good, good, good. Okay, cool. Right, original trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, um, look, you know, I think anyone who's anyone has at least seen something to do with the, one of the three original Star Wars films, whether it's the on the tat- on Tatooine in the original, or Luke being a whiny little bitch, or whether it's the famous <laughs> Empire Strikes Back scene, I am your father, or whether it's Return of the Jedi with teddy bears it's it's you know you've got an idea you've got a concept you've got an understanding of the original star wars films so what i'm not going to do is spend too much time talking about the story per se um what i want is from you guys is a few notable mentions of your favorite perhaps your favorite original trilogy film um and perhaps um you know scenes that you find to be quite iconic and quite well done and just anything like that so martin we'll start with you what do you like about the original trilogy okay um well i like i I like all of it to be honest uh they they had to start somewhere and they did with a new hope 
Um, it's a very, very good film. It's not my favourite out of the three. My favourite is Empire. Um, but since we've just mentioned Rogue One, obviously the ending of Rogue One then sets up a whole new meaning to the start of A New Hope, which oh, so much. Now, yeah. now going back and watching it, you're like, oh shit, they are literally trying to like straight up lie to Vader's face. Wow, that's they got some balls to do that. And he's just like, nah, I'm not having any of this. Um, so that for me now is actually a really powerful scene because of what's been added to it in that yeah. sense. Um, obviously, you've got the... Um, <clears throat> Oh, there's just so much to cover. You got the Rancor in six, um, the obviously the the iconic um, strike me down um, type thing. You've got I'm a Jedi like my father before me. I'm your father. There's just there's so much to try and unpack. Um, I'm running out of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it- yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. No, I, I get it. I think I think um, I think the thing about the original trilogy is that it's a central point for everything that happens with Star Wars. So when you go back to the prequels, you see you, the links to the prequels come from the original trilogy. Yeah. When we go forward with the Mandalorian, the links to it are back to the either the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy, which then links back to the original trilogy you know the original trilogy is so important in so many ways i think some people don't quite appreciate that sometimes it's actually become it's become the universal date mark as well for the for the franchise as a whole the Um, battle before yavin yeah so you've got bby and aby which is after the battle of yavin and before the battle of yavin and that is unlike we've got we've got ad and bc uh, referring to christ and uh, they've got Yavin. <laughs> yeah, <planet. laughs> it's, uh, quite the difference. But yeah, like that as a as like an actual point in ref as reference in time is is actually yeah, absolutely really handy now because now you can sort of go, oh right, okay, so that means that this character who was I don't know, yeah, let's say exactly. twenty years old in the prequels is for the sequels now like what seventy seventy three something like that like. Okay, so it's been about 50-odd years between then and there. I get it. That's cool. Yeah. Very handy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I would would say, yeah, you you are right. There is a lot to cover, and I'm being unfair by not giving much time to do it, so I do apologize. (laughs) Um, I I have to agree with you completely with A New Hope. Uh, The way, when going back and watching A New Hope now, especially if you watch uh, Rogue One and A New Hope back-to-back, it's almost like it's a two-part film in a weird way. It's like Rogue One is part one, A New Hope is part two. Um, and I, I kind of like how they've done that. But if you didn't watch Rogue One, it wouldn't affect your enjoyability, of course, of, of the overall Star Wars story, which I, again, think is also very clever. Um, oh, that reminds yeah, me, actually. A New Hope I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so there's another line in A New Hope that is, um, we came by this information at great cost. Obviously, straight back yeah, link to Rogue of, One. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone did. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of uh, A New Hope. I think it's a bit boring, and I don't mean that. I think, and I, you know what, I say that now because I've seen so much other Star Wars. I am not saying A New Hope is a bad film. Don't break my balls for this, anyone listening. <laughs> um, I think A New Hope is one of the greatest films ever created. I do. But they've spoiled us for choice now. So I'm allowed an opinion. Um, <laughs> and my opinion is that when you look back at A New Hope, it's a, it's a character. It's a, it's a, you, they've got so much to introduce in one film. All the characters, 
good versus evil. What's what's okay? What's not okay? Who this person is? Who's that person? What's going on there? Big fight at the end done. Like it it it's a lot to try and absorb, but it's an enjoyable watch. Don't get me wrong. But if I had a choice between that or Empire Strikes Back, I know which one I'm going to choose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and and you know, I think I think anyway, I think A New Hope's all right. As I say, it's all right. Uh, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite, you know, not just my favorite Star Wars film, but one of my all-time favorite films. It is just phenomenal filmmaking. It's filmmaking at its finest. Um, it's dark. It's gritty. It tells a fantastic story. It's got so many iconic scenes. Um, I think the characters all really get to come into their own. Luke's not so whiny anymore. We get to in- get introduced to Yoda. Boba Fett properly turns up. Vader, the fight between him and Luke, the revelation of the father-son. Uh, where do I stop? You know, <laughs> Leia and Han stories. Interesting. We get to meet Lando for the first time. You know, like it's just, it's just a bloody great film. Um, so yeah, no, and then and then obviously you get Return of the Jedi. Now look, I'm going to say something right now, and if you uh, if you don't like what I'm about to say, listeners, uh, I want you to write a letter of complaint to someone that gives a shit because I don't. Um, <laughs> and that is, I applaud George Lucas for putting Hayden Christensen as a Force ghost at the end of Revenge of, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi because it made sense, and for someone that that obviously grew up with the prequels, getting to see Hayden pop up at the end of return of the jedi i'm like mind blown nearly cried nearly cried i was that happy about it so uh yeah i thought it was a genius move i don't care what anybody else thinks just putting that one out there uh but otherwise return of the jedi you know jabba the palace sequence is pretty cool um i just don't like the ewoks i'm really sorry warwick davis if you're listening i know you're local mate and that's great and you were great but i'm sorry I just thought it was really, in comparison to Empire Strikes Back, it was really underwhelming. <laughs> um, the murder but the Emperor, coming. Yeah, but the Emperor was badass, I have to say. You know, Emperor Palpatine, fucking fantastic. Loved the character. Still do love the character, you know. But yeah, anyway, that's me wrapped up the original trilogy. Corey, original trilogy, um, things you like. I have to admit, I agree with, it. I agree with a lot of the points. Empire's my favourite. It's just one of those fantastic films that it's got suspense it's got action it's got, it's got everything you kind of like want in a film um a new hope i do quite like i like some of the scenes i think um the one scene i do love about a new hope is when they're in the death star and they are they split up and you see harm run one way and you just see him versing you see all those stormtroopers you're like nope i'm going the other way now <laughs> That like that scene makes me laugh every time, and every time I'm playing a game or something, and I do that bit, I'm like, yeah, like going the other way. I just love. The, I think New Hope's good. Um, Empire, like I said, is phenomenal. Return of the Jedi, I do like quite a bit, but I, I'd say it's one of the weakest. But one thing I want to say about Return is the fact is is um, it's the whole Jabba Palace when they're on the boat. Just that whole scene with the music, the that bit fantastic. One thing I'd also say about Empire is a bit of trivia quickly is that if people didn't know this, at the end when Lando and Chewbacca are in, in the ship and they go off, Lando's wearing Han's outfit. Yeah, I know. It's creepy. It's, it's really what, creepy. It's weird. But he probably had no other clothes, let's be honest. So yeah. It makes sense. God, oh, dear. Um, okay, cool. Right. Thank you for that. So now we're at the point where there's no return. Um, 
for people listening, we are just uh, approaching an hour in. We'll be wrapping this podcast up soon. However, I do now offer you a warning. We are going into spoiler territory, okay? Very big spoiler territory. So I'm, I'm dragging this out because I'm letting you know that we are about to start talking about The Mandalorian. If you have not seen it yet, you wish to see it, you haven't seen the season finale of season two, then I would recommend at this point that you switch off the podcast or tune back in at one hour and five minutes because I'm only allowing five minutes for this. So at the timestamp, one hour and five, you can tune back in and we would have finished talking about Mandalorian or just stop listening to the podcast at this point. We will not be held responsible if you get anything ruined for you. Okay, we've got five minutes for Mandalorian. Go. So, Mandalorian. Uh. <laughs> oh my God. How good is this fucking show? Yeah. Seriously. Um, really quickly, Mandalorian, um, Dave Filoni created the Clone Wars, who was personally hired by George Lucas, who created Ahsoka Tano and all the best things about the Clone Wars and subsequently the Rebels, um, has created a show five years after the return of the Jedi that links all the most fantastic things back from the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, the Clone Wars, Rebels, uh, and is even teasing the events of the sequel trilogy, um, all in... Eight episodes per season that aren't even an hour long, and yet somehow manages to do it pretty much perfectly. Yep. Um, yep. Along with John Favreau, who obviously did the first two Iron Man films uh, and helped kick off the Marvel Cinematic Universe, has been able to do what J.J. Abrams couldn't do in well, should have been three films. Um, <laughs> and even physically said he couldn't pull off. Uh, and yet these two guys have just been like, hold my drink, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> exactly. um, so yes, Mandalorian. Look. I, I I have a lot to say about it other than fucking amazing show. It it fills me with such incredible emotion. I mentioned earlier on that Revenge of the Sith was the last time I felt pure Star Wars joy. Um, uh, that was the case until I watched season two of The Mandalorian and they brought Boba Fett back. And then they bought, uh, final time spoilers, uh, and then they brought Luke Skywalker back in God, the- that uh, scene. That in, scene in, in was just scenario. incredible. It was incredible. It is. Uh, Grogu, Grogu, Baby Yoda, the child, one of the greatest Star Wars inventions, but glad that he's gone off and doing his own thing now yeah. so we get a bit of Mando time. And I'm out. Martin, over to you. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, Luke. Uh, hallway scene, as soon as he exits that elevator, it is like, oh. I think the, the next, I think it's like two or three seconds are almost like... They mirror they are, one. They are, yeah, they mm. are almost action for action perfect. Uh, mirrors of what vader did and it's just it was amazing to see um you, that is luke at his full potential um oh so good um well, and like for yes for like for the the three of us and others like us that are massive fans of the clone wars and rebels we're getting a lot of payouts for investing all of our time into watching those shows with stuff like Ahsoka coming back, with the massive fucking tease for Thrawn. I mean, my God, I'm excited for that if they bring him to live yeah, action. They will. They um, will. They've, they've got to at this point. And yeah, like you say, just teasing everything ready for the the sequels rather than having to go, right, well, if you want to understand why this is a thing, you need to read this book and that book and play this game, but only between these specific time periods. Uh, and you also need to watch this video. It's beautifully done. It is masterful. The music as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Agree. Yeah. Fantastic music. Fantastic music. And 
Corey, I'll hand over to you for the next couple of minutes. Yeah, um, Mandalorian's fantastic. You know, it's, it's one of those shows that you can just sit there and go, the suspense. People always say, like with Netflix or Amazon, every, they give it every episode straight away. No, the suspense of having one per week and you want to know what happens next. I agree. Mando does it beautifully. Oh, yeah. If... If we weren't talking about films, yeah, they, they, Mandalorian... They certainly encaptured the meaning of the word cliffhanger. Yeah, Mandalorian is pretty much my favourite thing that Star Wars has ever made entirely, if we was not including the films as well. Because, beautiful. The ending, yeah. I thought, was brilliant. It brought a tear to my eye a lot. And I'm saying this saying spoiler as well, Boba Fett getting a series? Holy cow. Can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be... Yeah, yeah um... I yeah. really can't wait for yeah. it. And you're right, Ahsoka, Corey, you're absolutely right. Fantastic. It's just the whole series, hands down, well done, Dave Filoni and John Favreau. You have made Star Wars what it should be, not what the sequel trilogy did. Yes, which we shall be coming on to next. Um, yeah, literally, uh, 40 seconds. Uh, yeah, I just think... We could be here all day, but I kind of, I kind of don't want it. I, I would not have wanted to have spent too much time talking about the Mandalorian because it's still so fresh in our minds, and mm. you don't want to take up too much of a podcast talking about spoiler material. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you know, fair play to them what they did with Luke. Um, again, I've seen people knocking the CGI, and I think Do you know what, just be grateful with what you got. Be grateful with what you got, you know, in comparison, same with Leia, same with Tarkin, you know, just be grateful that they've got the technology to give us these characters, even for brief cameo appearances. Uh, and that, you know, we've got, we've still got Mark Hamill, so let's utilize him as much as possible because he's a fucking legend. And we're done. 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 <laughs> so we're done. We're done. Uh, welcome back. If you've skipped the five minutes uh, of spoiler material, then we have just literally to the second finish talking about Mandalorian. Which leads us into the sequel trilogy. Now, I don't imagine we'll be spending too much time on these. Nope. Um, hey. I, I'll tell you right now, Force Awakens is my favourite of the three. Yeah, I feel like the Force Awakens, they had a lot riding on it. They got it right. They played it safe, yes, but they got it right. Uh, it was so wonderful to see Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher back on screens again. Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, I think, is... is um, the best part of the entire trilogy, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I just, it worked. It worked. It was, it was well done. It was well done. It was a solid film. I remember being happy, but still feeling like something was missing. Um, I think I know what that is now. (laughs) Um, and, uh, but yeah, no, great film and very thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's all I have to say about Force Awakens, actually. It's just, like I say, nice film. Um, glad they made it. Glad we got to have it before Carrie Fisher left us. Um, and, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Like, it, it took Star Wars in a different direction without taking it too far away from its its content, unlike The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Corey, thoughts on Force Awakens? Force Awakens, I have to admit, fa- I agree with you, Ross. Um, Favourite out of three in it's just it was just an incredible film you know some of the fight scenes were good Adam Driver is just such a good villain as Kylo he's just that yeah just that scene where he just he's got the lightsaber out and he's just like he puts the guard over and goes what girl that yeah. scene he is yeah. just is brilliant he is and good. when he gets angry with the lightsaber <laughs> you do not want to go near him and the stormtrooper's like yeah no 
And one thing I did love about it is the Daniel Craig cameo. Uh, you know what? You beat me to it again. <laughs> I was about to just say, and also, we can't forget Daniel Craig's cameo. Uh, yes. That was great. Um, yeah. Did you know his his Stormtrooper ID is uh, JB007? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, just, um, I loved it. I loved Force nice. Awakens. Okay, Martin. Uh, I, I agree again as well. Uh, Force Awakens, definitely the best one out of the, the three. Um, they they did a lot right with it. Um, there's Obviously, there's a couple of things that were like, eh, they could have done a bit better, but that's just filmmaking. Everyone's going to have something they didn't like. Something something I like, Joe Bloggs on the street probably hates. Um, it's just the simple fact of life. Um, I One of my... One of the things that I really liked about it is they actually introduced almost that new force power where uh, it's it's right at the start of the film where Poe tries to uh, shoot Kylo and he just turns around and stops the blaster bolt midair. Fucking badass. That yeah. scene was just like, oh shit. Do you know what? It was refreshing. That's why. Yeah. Because yeah, we're watching it and we're going, oh wow, like that's new. And it's like, yeah, why shouldn't it be new? Like this is a new era of Star Wars. So yeah. we can get new shit to go with it. Just like in the trailer where you first see Kylo and they're like, oh, boosh. okay, cool. It's a standard lightsaber. Oh, shit. Cross cuts. What? <laughs> they rep- they rep- you know, it's really nice, actually, you say that, Martin, because it goes back to the same comment you made with Darth Maul at the very beginning of the podcast. You yeah. know, they managed they manage to replicate a moment from the prequels whilst honouring the original trilogy, which I thought was very clever. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I am actually really curious, Ross. What is the thing that you think it is missing then? I don't know. I think I think maybe George Lucas, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> um, something, something just wasn't right about it. I think I think it was just that George Lucas charm that that there was although I loved the new direction it took and the the refreshing of all of it, it felt like it felt like it should have been on on the poster. It should have had a, a hanging sign saying "Under New Management." <laughs> <laughs> you could just tell. Um, again, I'm not knocking it, but I just felt like there was something about maybe the slightly shitty dialogue at times and the slightly poor acting and and the overuse of CGI. Maybe maybe that's what it. I don't know, but maybe the things I disliked about the prequels might have been the things I felt were missing. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but. You could tell George Lucas wasn't a part of it. No, yeah. And I don't know if that was uh, with Force Awakens in particular. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Mm. Um, but his presence was certainly missed. Um, <laughs> unlike in the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh boy, can, can we can we just skip this one? I mean, it's one of the worst films I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. End of story. Okay. And that's not an over. And, and for anyone sat there going, "Oh, you're just saying that because you no, 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 don't, don't, no. don't, don't tell me what I think." People listening to this, <laughs> uh, I know what I think, and I know that the Last Jedi is an insult to Star Wars. And if, and if, if, if you know, Rian or Ryan or whatever the fuck his name is, Johnson is listening to this. Shame on you shame on you for taking something that people loved and and doing your fucking weird fancy dancy shit with it and making it you know making it i don't know what the fuck were you thinking man like when you made this film like what what what, what were you on what would oh, are you, are you a star, are you a star trek fan is that what it is you prick right anyway <laughs> that's all i have to say about that yeah fair yeah uh, fair. martin <laughs> um i <sighs> I'm, I'm going to say one thing and one thing only about the film because if not, I will just end up in like an hour long rant. And I, I don't, I don't think that's wise right now. Um, 
they did such a disservice to the character of Luke Skywalker in that film. Yes, they did. They did. Oh, however, I would like to just say, at least they gave us a reunion scene between Luke and Leia. I think we did all deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. We we did all deserve that. And I did quite like the scene with uh, him and Yoda as well. I like, basically, I only liked the elements in it that felt like a callback to the original trilogy. Uh, And that was, for me, that was only two moments and it was those two moments. Um, I, I didn't like any other part of it. I, again, I did like Kylo. I thought Kylo was good throughout, but Kylo, the character exists, the character can positively exist in a film that is still bad. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, Kylo did that. Um, Finn, I feel sorry for Finn's character and Poe, actually. I felt like both their characters got completely wasted in this film. They did. Um, yeah. Um, but they did give us, they did give us the Porgs and I do quite like the Porgs. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, Corey, thoughts on Last um, Jedi? Last Jedi is just awful. Um, there is a quote that's from a film I really do like called Moneyball, and there's a quote he goes, there's the, there's the big ones, so, you know, Empire, Rogue One, you've got the middle ones, you know, um, New Hope, Red Sony Jedi, and then there's a big pile when you go, no, and then right at the bottom is The Last Jedi, and The Last Jedi <laughs> is that bottom one. It sucks. It they made Souls wrong. They just they destroyed it in one way, in more ways, more ways than one. Uh, and and yet somehow the rev- the reviewers thought it was one of the greatest. Uh, the reviewers like it's one of the greatest reviews Star Wars <laughs> films yeah. going. I just, this is the thing. Ryan Johnson really mucked up on that one. When it comes to films he's done before, like Looper, and more Looper's recently Knives Out, which yeah. is again phenomenal film. You know how to do those films. Star Wars, you do not know how to do. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I agree and they with kind you. of mucked oh, up on know. having the whole, even though Empire did it right with having three different directors or having two different directors. The, the original trilogy. Yeah, the sequels yeah. did not. No, yeah, the original the original trilogy had three different had a different director for every film. So you had George Lucas. Um, uh, I've, I've oh. For goodness it's like sake, Irvin. Irvin. Ken, Ken, oh, I can't remember his name and I can't find my mouse to Google it. So, because uh, I feel like we need to get it right because, uh, you know, out of respect to these Irvin original directors. That's it. And then I believe it was Richard Mark. Uh, Richard Mark. I want to get it right. Uh, for Return of the Jedi, uh, Return of the Jedi was directed by Richard Mark Richard Mark Mark Yeah, I was right. Yeah. Mark One. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least, at least the story. But the thing is, is George Lucas oversaw all three. Yeah. This is where Kathleen Kennedy's gone very wrong. She yes. has tried to take on too much too soon, and to quote a word that was previously used a second ago, done a disservice to fans by kind of going well you know what we trust you to do your own thing with the story and this is what happened george lucas at least i believe uh wrote or at least co-wrote no he wrote the original three so although you had different directors you had you had the same writer whereas with these ones they were allowed to write and direct their own scripts and that's a mistake it don't matter how good of a director you are, you shouldn't be allowed to do that. It should be no. one writer or the same writers for the whole series, so there's not any gaps like there was with this. You, you get um, that, that that continued narrative, that one track mind, I mean, if you would. Mm. Fucking hell! In Last Jedi, Leia and Poe spent the entire film running away in space. 
Yeah. That's all it was. They were in a ship being chased the entire film. If that doesn't reek of, I didn't know what to do with these characters, I don't know what does. See, and yet no, no one behind the scenes sat right there and went, this isn't right. <laughs> one thing I would like to say is the fact is that Poe and Finn, even though they had really bad in that, like, they didn't even have much things to do. Those characters are very good when it comes to Rise of and Force Awakens. We got their story a lot more. But Last Jedi was like, yeah, we're gonna just gonna go. We're gonna break away from those characters and then just focus on Ray. It was a massive middle finger to everything that JJ had done in Force Awakens, mm. and then everything that had been achieved with the characters previously. Even yeah. Mark, Mark Hamill even said, "I fundamentally disagree with everything you've done with Luke in this film." Mm. But obviously, as an actor, he respected it and still did what he was told. But you know, I just, I just sit there and think, you know. He will be. He will ever, forever be the guy that fucked up Star Wars, yep. as far as I'm concerned. And one other um, thing but, is that that whole the boy with the Force at the end. Yeah, what was the point of that? I, I, I think, I, think I, I kind of think that was just their way of saying that the Force will always exist, no matter where yeah. you are in the universe. But it was a shit way to end a film. Yeah. It, but then <laughs> you're going to have a shit way to end a shit film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's very true. Um, <laughs> but you know. But, People listening, if you think we're wrong and you think The Last Jedi is a good film and it has its merits, please tell us what they are. Um, and, and I'm sure I will try and consider it. Um, but look, you know, I just, yeah. Which then leads us into Rise of Skywalker. I mean, they made the right decision trying to get JJ, getting JJ back for Rise of Skywalker. However, they should have probably just had him do all three. Um I get why they what they tried to do. They were very clever in bringing Power Team back because it got people excited. The way they executed it though was was rushed and poor, and you could tell it was never part of a bigger picture. Um, look, Rise of Skywalker isn't a bad film, and for the record, I do I do actually quite like it. I think mm. it's enjoyable. I think they they kind of tried something. They gave Finn and Poe a bit more to do. They expanded their characters to, too little, too late, but still, at least they did it. Um, I got, I felt, as I said earlier on in the podcast, I love Palpatine. I know his character wasn't utilized in the best way in the film, but it was just, I was just, you know, happy, grateful to see him back again. Ian McDermott is a phenomenal actor as Palpatine. And the fact that he's been able to play him throughout the whole, the whole saga is, is a blessing, you know? Um, but it, it was a film that had so much weighing on it. It had so much to try and fix, from the mistakes of its predecessor that it reeked of that throughout the whole film. Yeah. And that's what lets it down. Um, however, I would just like to say the scene at the end where Ray hears all the Jedi voices oh. talking to her, like Samuel L. Jackson, Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, even the voices from rebels and clone. It was just, Oh, what a treat. What a treat. The only thing they could have done better was to actually have them appear as force ghosts. But I, I look, you know what? I'm happy with what they did. And that was really nice. Um, and, and also, it's important to mention that we we dig, although it was, you know, I would say difficult in the sense of how it was done, they did give us a conclusion to the character of Princess Leia. And I think with, they worked with what they had and they did a damn good job. And, uh, you know, they did it respectfully and I'm very grateful to them for what they did. Uh, Corey, thoughts on Rise of Skywalker? Um, most of the stuff you said already I agree with, I have to admit. Rise of Skywalker is a good film. It's so much better than Last Jedi. I don't think anything... I think anything uh, can't get anything worse than it. Thankfully, Rise of Skywalker didn't. Um, I liked elements of it. I liked the ending. I thought that was quite cool with all the different characters. Seeing Lando again, I thought that was quite nice. And having seen all the different stuff... 
because they'd run out of actors to use. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, but I say Rise of Skywalker was a good film, but it's not up there. It's it was weak. It was that's the thing. It was it was coming off the events of Last Jedi, which was like, eh, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a good film. I don't, I don't, I don't like. I don't not like it, but I don't. I'm not. It's not up there. Yeah, it's like it's, it just exists. It exists. Yeah. yeah, it exists, and yeah, it's all right. I think yeah. I think one thing I do like about it though is the fact is that we saw Tatooine again and we saw the Red Suns. I thought that was yeah. a nice little callback to like, Well, it's the way every trilogy's ended, isn't it? So Yeah. Yeah. So um okay. Uh well no, technically not Return of the Jedi didn't end that way. You know no. what I mean. Yeah, every trilogy yeah. every trilogy it, sorry, is what yeah. I should say. Um okay, Martin, thoughts on Rise Skywalker? Uh, so there's some aspects of it that I like. I like the expanding role they gave Finn and the hints that he is force sensitive. I think that was really, really clever, um, to, you know, finally actually make good on the, almost the tease and the promise. Well, yeah, I agree. Because they, yeah, they, they spent all of the Force Awakens marketing making us think that he was a Jedi just to have it turn out to be Rey. So I felt like we deserved Finn to have that. But again, it, don't you feel it was too little too late? Yes, yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, there's obviously the... the I'm going to say Force-fed. Uh, Rey is a Palpatine. Um, mm. uh, it could have been done so much better, I think. Um I think again, that's probably in part due to the fact that the story thread wasn't wasn't overse- the idea, was it? Yeah, it wasn't overseen by the same person all the way through. You can tell that JJ was planning stuff in Force Awakens. You could tell he was planting seeds, ready for yeah. them to sprout into something for the later two films. And obviously, that. obviously, Last Jedi ignored all of them, fucked up characters did what it did and so most of rise i felt was spent course correcting oh 100 it was fixing yeah. the states of its predecessor, you yeah. know like um and there's, yeah. there's there's also some of the other aspects of rise that honestly i think it's down to disney and kathleen kennedy for this um is to do with the story behind how palpatine is back it was it was just it's in the opening crawl. Oh, Palpatine's back. His message has been heard. Poe, I, I think we, we had this discussion recently with Poe. Uh, he has a, a line or something, doesn't he? And somehow Palpatine's returned. And it's yeah. like... Uh, yeah, yeah. Good, good job summing up the entire fan base there. Thanks. Um, and like the whole reason for actually understanding it is, well, you have to read this novel, these two comic books... Uh, you have to play Fortnite between a certain time <laughs> period and actually hang around after a match is done or whatever it is to then hear the message broadcast in the game to then inform you of the film. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Um, just get lost. Um, I want you to explain it to me in the film or the books and novels that I will eventually read, yeah. rather than forcing yeah. me to play a game that I don't care for at all. Um, in order to understand something in a movie I love or franchise I love rather. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, just on, on the point of what you were saying about force awakens, I actually rewatched force awakens two days ago and, uh, and, and I was watching it obviously now for the first time since I've seen Rise Skywalker, actually with the uh, mindset of, right, let's see how much of this makes sense. And most of it makes sense to be fair, the mystery behind Ray and uh, all of that shit. 
The thing that didn't make sense was Palpatine was always Snoke, yet Snoke has an invested interest in Rey that he discovers via Kylo, yet Palpatine tried to get Rey when she was a kid. So surely if Palpatine was always knocking around, even when, as the Rise of Skywalker events explain, that Palpatine tried to get it so that Rey was brought to him, so he could train her to be basically his him. continuation, <laughs> then how the hell did Snoke not know? Clearly. And also not not just, a, it wasn't a, it was clearly Snoke didn't know who she was in Force Awakens. Uh, it was like, who is this scavenger girl? Well, you know, don't say that. If, you, if you're Palpatine, she's your granddaughter, then you shouldn't be asking that question, which is enough proof for me that they didn't know what they were doing. Mm. Um, so yeah. just yeah. thought I'd yeah, raise that point. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, oh, well, but look, you know, the Skywalker saga is ended now. Um, it had its ups, it had its downs. I think Disney have realised that films are not the future with Star Wars at the minute and that TV shows are are but we'll come on to that as the final point of the podcast very shortly uh really quickly um star wars isn't just films as you've just Mm. mentioned martin it's books comics and games uh really quickly a couple of uh games star wars games that you like martin uh knights of the old republic very very cool uh is now considered non-canon and obviously isn't part of the history but something they'll probably bring back in in the future um, they've done it with various other things they've made non-canon recently. Yeah. Um, and I actually have to admit, I really yeah. love the Lego Star Wars games. I genuinely love them. They are fantastic. They've yes, got that, they've got that wonderful mm-hmm. Lego charm. They've got the, the little Lego humor that they go with. It's just, and you get to play key moments as well. Yeah. Um, and if you've completed the level, you can always yeah. go back and do Darth Maul versus General Grievous, for instance, which is just hilarious. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah, no, I'm and I'm looking forward to um, to what they do with uh, the Skywalker Saga Lego game when it comes out. Ooh, yes. Um, so yes. Um, okay, cool, Corey. Um, yeah, I'll have to agree. On the Lego, Lego's amazing. Lego Star Wars Complete Saga is just one of the best games ever made. Um, I quite, I quite enjoyed Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I thought that, I thought the combat was quite good in that. And yeah. having, having that's the one I was saying about obviously with the Order sixty six, having that moment of what happens around the universe of Star Wars, and we heard when we saw Order sixty six, that was quite nice to see from a from a pad one's point of view to his master of how it went through. Really enjoyed that, and also one one I will mention, and I have to mention this: the original Battlefront Two. My God! Oh hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah! yeah, I was gonna, yeah, absolutely great game. Yeah, Star Wars at its finest. There, the uh, the level where it's uh, the Mos Eisley, and you're all running around as Jedi and heroes versus villains. That's it. That's great. (laughs) Great. Um, I'd like to give a special special mention to two PS2 games: Star Wars Bounty Hunter, where you play as Jango Fett. Yes, um, and also Star Wars: Race of Revenge. Ooh, um, very, very it, good games. Yeah, very it, good. With with Race of Revenge, it really like it improves the pod racing from Phantom Menace, but uh-huh. it makes it like really cool. And also, 
in like secret little ways you can play as Darth Vader or Maul or yes, absolutely. Which I still, even to this day even to this day I still not unlocked those pod racers yeah uh, there's no there's no cheats you can't just unlock them using cheats you have to do so many KOs or so many fastest laps and it's I still haven't done it so yeah I would love to race proper grind proper yeah, grind absolutely. how games should be hell yeah um, yeah Okay, right. The future. So we wrap up. Well, final, final three or four minutes. You know, the future of Star Wars. Obviously, recently they announced that Star Wars is getting a fuck ton of TV shows. Oh yes, uh, combination <laughs> of live action and animation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Mandalorian is getting a season three um, coming out on Christmas Day. This Day year. next year or this year now? Yeah, this year now. Um, you know. Well, are we excited about the future of Star Wars? Do we finally feel like Star Wars has got its shit together? Yeah, definitely. I agree. I have to admit, with Star Wars, with all the stuff we're getting, it's going to be great. Ahsoka series, I'm really looking forward to because knowing that now we know about Thrawn and we might see Ezra again in that, yeah. I'll be very happy. I'm looking yeah. forward to the Alkalis series that's before um, Phantom Menace might be to do with the High Republic. I'm intrigued about that to see what yeah. about the time before. Which is that the one that Patty Jenkins from Wonder Woman's directed? No, she's doing Rogue Squadron. Rogue. Oh, she's doing a Rogue Squadron. Is Rogue. that is that a, that's a film, isn't it? Yeah, that's going to be doing. a film, and it's going to be based on like from the games and the books. They're really going for it for that one. But no, the Alchemist is going to be like I think it's like hundred. It's like years before Phantom Menace happened, and people saying it could be to do with uh, Darth Pagus and seeing his story. That'd be be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. Um, The High Republic. And yeah, there's other series I'm looking forward to as well when it comes to Star Wars. The the, um, Cassian Andor series. I think that's going to be quite good. Quite like this character in Rogue One. And I think the Lando series, that's going to be really cool. Like, I wonder if they're going to be able to, if they bring back uh, Donald Glover again, that series is going to be very good. They've got to. Yeah, they've got got to. to. Yeah. They've got to. If they if they if they can't, they don't recast him. Like just no. don't do it. No, you know. Um, I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit uh, on your point about the Cassie and Andor series. I'm a bit. Eh, I don't really care to be honest. I don't get. I don't get. Like I feel. All right. I'm kind of contradicting myself here. One of my gripes with Rogue One was that we didn't get enough to do with the characters, and now they're giving us um, a prequel show to the character, which will be good because um, Alan Tudyk is fantastic as K2SO. Mm. Uh, however. I'm like, we're done. We're past it. Yeah. He's dead. Deal with it. Um, well, they announced the series back when the just after the film launched, and I was yeah. like, nah, okay, cool, I guess. I probably won't watch it because I'm not that fussed by the character. Uh, and it's only just coming out like this year, maybe next year. So yeah. I think they've left it a bit long. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Uh, Martin, things that you're... Your thoughts on the future? Uh, thoughts on the future? I know a couple of things that I would love for them to give us, um, but I've, I get the feeling that that won't be for another five, maybe even ten years when they get all of the current crop of shows out of the yeah. system. Uh, I am definitely looking forward to the Bad Batch, however, because uh, them being introduced, Season 7 of Clone Wars, I thought they were fantastic characters, and I'm really intrigued to hear more about them and their adventures. So that's one that I'm definitely looking forward to. Again, Ahsoka, for the same reasons as Corey, uh, potentially seeing Ezra live action, um, maybe even seeing Zeb again. And the Ahsoka, yeah, the Ahsoka live action show is going to be a live action sequel to Rebels. To Rebels, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, it's going yeah, to be, be brilliant. It's going to be fantastic, it really is. Yeah. Um, honestly, what I'd like to see them do in the future, 
Um, besides everything they've already announced, is I'd love to see some stuff about ancient Mandalore, maybe to tie into Mandalorian, um, maybe the origins of the Darksaber kind of thing. And if they were to do that, then they could also then go for the Mandalore Wars, um, which is uh, an arc of history where Darth Revan and Darth Malak were a thing. Uh, I would love to see them come to live action. And part of me really wants to see more of Night Sisters. I don't quite know why, because we you saw. Know, it's funny you should say that, because I was going to ask the question of are any of the new shows that have been announced, are they are any of them set in the time where we could potentially see more of the um, uh, Darth Maul's character? Like around the same time as Solo. Uh, with, uh, what, um, what, was the name, what was the name of the crime syndicate that he formed? Uh, Crimson remember. Dawn. Crimson Dawn, that's it. So, and obviously, this is around the same time as the Night Sisters and all of that. So, you know, is there are any of the new shows set in this time period? Do we know? Uh, Bad Batch might be. I so think. that'll be animated, though, won't it? That's the only yeah. thing. But you could, we could at least see some more of it, yeah, even in animated form. I'd be happy with. Um, yeah, true, true. We might, uh, we might see in Ahsoka, maybe. Maybe, maybe, yeah, but focus to to yeah, but maybe, but I'd like to see a show still set yeah. within the, the, that time period. One, one I did forget, and I can't believe I forgot about this is the Obi Wan series. Oh yes, of course. Oh Jesus Christ! How the hell have we forgot about that? Hayden Christensen <sighs> back as Darth Vader. Oh yes, I I actually teared up when they announced that. I I couldn't believe it. I sat there and. Um, yeah, I think I can't. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm angry at myself for forgetting about that. Uh, yeah, Euron McGregor and Hayden Christensen going at it again. Uh, you know, Mustafar 2.0, but this time Darth proper Darth Vader versus aged Obi Wan. I can't wait. Like, just, just yeah, bring it, bring it now. You know, they're filming it locally. They're filming it mm. in Boston. Oh shit! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, no, can't. Well, well mentioned, Corey. Well mentioned. Um, yeah, the Star, uh, the future is bright with Star Wars. Yeah. So, what's what's your yeah. opinions, Ross? What, what are you excited for um, besides Obi Wan? Obi Wan, Ahsoka, and Boba Fett. Nice. Yeah, and and Mando season three. And yeah, Mando yeah, yeah. Season three. So that's it. Um, honestly, not too fussed about any of the animated stuff. I'll watch it all. Don't get me wrong. I'm never going to not watch anything to do with Star Wars. But in terms of what's got me excited, anything that's linked to the originals, the prequels, the animations, uh, I'm sold on it straight away. In terms of like characters that I'm already invested in. Um, but for me, absolutely top of the list is Obi-Wan Kenobi, swiftly followed by Mando Season 3. And then I'd like to think that... I mean, I know the book of Boba Fett is going to be a very short... It's going to be a mini-series. It's going to be like four four or five episodes, and that's it. Um, and then... I, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. nice to have something. And then Ahsoka. I think that the sky is the limit with Ahsoka. I just hope they get it right. Yeah. Um, and one other one I would say is about the Rangers of the New Republic being in the timeline of Mandalorian. I wonder if we see anybody from Mando in that, i.e. Well, it's set, it's set directly after Return of the Jedi. So Rangers of the New Republic is literally right after Return of the Jedi. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but yeah. Right, we're wrapping up. So really quickly, Martin. Hello. Favourite Star Wars film? Film, uh, Empire. Okay, Corey? Empire. Okay, and mine is also Empire. Um, <laughs> that was easy. Mar- Martin, Star Wars, uh, favourite Star Wars character? Uh, ooh. uh it is currently a toss-up between two um i can never kind of decide oh. between the one any day uh, 
Those are Cad Bane and Embo, uh, both bounty hunters oh. that you come across in the Clone Wars. They are both so, just suave dope characters. One is based on a cowboy, the other a bit like a samurai. I can't choose. No, cool. <laughs> uh, Corey, favorite character? Um, I'm stuck between two, and that's Ahsoka and Obi Wan. Ahsoka's badass, oh, and yeah. Obi Wan. I think even I think Ewan McGregor playing Obi Wan is always he's always that great character, and he's always. Yeah cool that's the thing and also alec guinness the guy's a legend and he made obi-wan to be he this fantastic character i think yep. that's why i love him uh, okay mine would be um a toss-up between two as well actually and it would be uh but this is only a recent edition so which I'm, again i'm allowed to do um <laughs> my, my favorite is darth maul um I love Darth Maul. I think Darth Maul is just, uh, there's so much to him and I like what they've done with his character. But I also have to say Boba Fett with what they've done with Boba Fett in the Mandalorian-ish world. That's not a spoiler at all, I promise. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's not a spoiler, I promise. It's not a spoiler because I'm not, I'm not said anything. And it, it, look, we know he's getting his own TV show for crying out loud. Yeah. So, you know, that's, you, you thing- Star, Star Wars have officially announced it themselves. It's not a spoiler. Yeah. No. I like, uh, look, I like what I like that, that Boba Fett is, is, is back in existence. Let's yeah. just say that. Another result I think is cool. But I'm a big fan of the actor who plays him. So that's yes. why. Um, one thing I will quickly say is one of the things we can all agree, I think any Star Wars fan, when it comes to the to do with Darth Maul, Ray Park, you absolute legend. Yeah, Ray Park's a badass. He really is. Nice guy. Nice guy. Um, really quickly, one more thing, and then we say we're wrapping up. Uh, Martin, uh, we alluded to it at the beginning of the podcast. Favorite fight sequence in anything Star Wars ethos? Ooh, ooh, bugger. That. Okay, well, I'll say, I'll say mine next. We already said it. Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, Darth Maul, everyone, Qui Gon Jinn is my favourite fight. I just thought it was nuts and it was enjoyable. And uh, yeah, that's me. I'm tossed over between two. Go on. Um, I have to admit, I agree with you there with the Duel of the Fates scene. That was amazing. And I've got to admit, Ahsoka versus Darth Maul in Siege of Mandalore and Clone Wars, that scene, that fight scene was awesome yep cool damn it Corey, you beat me to it i think those are my two choices as well nice Um, okay the fact they brought back ray park to do maul versus ahsoka is just the motion capture didn't they it's just amazing yeah you really get the power and it does actually show when you watch them side by side as a comparison you see he's basically the same between the yeah. two, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah i'd say he's probably less agile in the one versus ahsoka but he's got a bit more strength um and yeah, just both of them. It it's Darth Maul fighting stuff. It's it's always going to be yeah. good. Absolutely nice. Okay, right. Well, look. I know I said I wanted to keep this as close to an hour as possible, but there's my famous last <laughs> words for every podcast. Um, we get carried away. Yes, yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, viewers, we hope. You, viewers, I always say that. Listeners, I hope you uh, have enjoyed. Uh, send us your thoughts on Instagram at nobody puts podcast in a corner. Um, you know, we want to know what you think. Uh, is there anything we didn't cover that you wish we had? Is there anything you fundamentally disagree with? Uh, we want to know. Share your thoughts with us. Um, 
And if anybody listening would like to be on a future episode in season two, um, then please do let us know. I'm always open to uh, subjects and topics to discuss. So please get in touch. Um, Martin, Corey, thank you both for joining me today. You're welcome. It was it was a good for my first podcast. It was really enjoyable. I, I'll be happy to join for another one in the future. Yeah, thank you. Um, yes, and thank you, Martin. Thanks for having me along. Uh, may the yeah. force be with us all. Yes, ah, yes absolutely. Uh, listeners, thank you so much once again. Happy New Year, and uh, we will be back in a few weeks' time with our first episode of season two. Until then, stay safe, take care, and yes, as Martin said, may the force be with you. <laughs>